Why don't we stand across the church tonight? Take your Bibles in your hands. How many of you want to hear from the Lord tonight? Don't you hear a still small voice speaking to you? There's a still small voice saying to me, closer, closer, draw closer to me. Religion. 
For the first time in the history of our great nation, we are facing and government unlike has ever been faced in our nation before. We're facing odds that are greater than any Christian church, regardless of affiliation or denomination, has ever faced and had to fight against before. Not only for my generation, but for the generation coming behind me tonight, many young men and young women that are ordained, anointed apostolic prophets and prophetesses to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will be preaching in the next few years and upcoming generations to the most complex and to the most troublesome generation that the world has ever known. Psalm chapter 11, verse number 3 said, All the foundations of the earth are out of course. We say tonight that in this chapter, number 13, this is 100% talking to and addressing church governments. This in no way, form, shape whatsoever deals with civil government. The Bible tells you that every soul to be subject unto the higher powers. And all powers that are high are ordained of God in the church of the living God. And then he said there is no power ordained in God's true church but that which is derived and given by God. Then he said, when you resist these powers that are the ordinances of God, then you resist, you shall receive damnation of your soul. Then he said in verse number four, which I believe is the crux, and factually, scripturally, apologetically explains this chapter, for the minister of God is to thee for good. And he beareth not the sword of the Spirit in vain. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, tells you that we have spiritual armor, all of these are defensive, but there is only one offensive weapon, and that is the sword of the Spirit. We have tonight but one weapon against our enemy, Satan, hell's chief demon, and that is the Word of God. Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the twelfth verse said, For the Word of God is quick. It's alive. There's nothing dead about this book. It's living. It's breathing. It's authentic. It's inspired by God. First Timothy 3.16 For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. This was not inspired by men. This was not inspired by a board. This was not inspired by a heavenly council or a trinity. But this book was inspired by God. And is profitable for reproof and for instruction in righteousness. In verse number 8, the Apostle Paul said to the church at Rome, Owe no man anything. And if you were to use verses 1 and 2 in a civil manner, dealing with civil government, then you could in no way be scripturally accurate in having a mortgage on your house because you would owe man something. And you could never take out a vehicle loan because you would owe man something. And you could never have a credit card and lend to usury because you would owe man something. But just like the first two verses of this chapter are not dealing with civil government and they are dealing with church government and subjection to authority, which all authority is heaven, and then the pulpit and the pew, the pew in the Laodicean church runs the pulpit and the pulpit runs God. But in God's church, which is the church of Philadelphia, the church of the open door, the church of Ephesus, which is the bride's pearl, we listen to God and God talks to the preacher and the preacher preaches to the church. 
action in the pew. And what Paul is telling the church, I'm talking to you, preacher. Listen to me, brother preacher. Listen to me, brother preacher. If I'm to die in these stocks and bonds, St. Paul said, oh, no man anything. Don't you be tied to an organization that'll tell you what you can and cannot preach. Don't you come under the rule of a deacon board that'll tell you what you can and cannot preach. Don't you for one minute bow your knee at the altar of a people's opinion that'll tell you what you can and cannot preach. But when I stand in this sacred desk, I thank God for my family and friends. But I don't have any family and friends in this desk. I'm God's man. And when you get behind this desk, you belong to Jesus Christ. And we have an unfettered pulpit that doesn't owe anybody an excuse but to preach the word without fear and without favor and obey the word of God. Be seated. There are in your Bible three categories and types of laws. Number one, there are civil laws. Secondly, there are ceremonial laws. And finally, there are moral laws. Civil laws and ceremonial laws, the true church no longer adheres to. Because according to the book of Galatians, the second chapter in the 14th verse, that those ordinances were blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ and were nailed to the cross in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Civil laws are stated as thus, 613 combined laws, 248 of them are yes, a yes for every bone in the physical anatomy, and 365 of them are nays or no, a no for every day in the year. According to the law, there was more negativity then there was positivity. This is why no man could abide by the law. Jesus himself broke the law more than any New Testament prophet that ever walked the face of the earth. The law was against man. The law man could not live up to. Man, but in this civil law, civil laws taught according to the book of Ruth, that when Ruth's husband, Malian, and her brother-in-law, Chilean, died, the reason that they followed hard behind Naomi to Bethlehem, Judah, is because of a Levirate law. It was civil, civility, that a mother would have another son, and these daughters-in-law would then marry these sons. This was the way of providing for widows and orphans because of the Levirate law. And Genesis, the 38th chapter, again deals with Levirate laws, which were civil laws. Deuteronomy, the 24th chapter, this civil law dealt with marriage and divorce. It was not unscriptural and it was not unbiblical for a man and a woman who were husband and wife to divorce. God said, because of the hardness of your heart, I have allowed Moses to write you a bill of divorcement. However, that was a civil law on marriage and divorce. Jesus having preached his longest biblical sermon in John 4 to a woman that had been married five times and was living with a man that was not her husband. He took the longest time to minister to people that nobody else had the time of day for. However, in the rest, in Deuteronomy 24, verses 2 through 5, it becomes a moral law. He said, what is forbidden is you cannot marry a woman who was married between times. That was a moral law that was an abomination forbidden by God. Then there were ceremonial laws. Ceremonial laws dealt with sabbatical laws. Every, every, every Friday evening from 5 o'clock until uh, sundown on Saturday evening was the Sabbath. God was so steep and so astute to the attentive details of the sabbatical laws that he forbade them to go out and pick up manna on the Sabbath day because that was forbidden under ceremonial laws. But if you tried to get twice as much any other day of the week, Sunday through Friday, then it got worms and began to stink. Ceremonial laws dealt with the feast days and the sabbatical laws and what you could and could not eat. If a fish did not have scales, you could not eat him. If an animal didn't chew the could and divide the hoof, you could not eat him. He was an unclean animal. 
If a fish did not have scales and slick, or if it was a shellfish, according to the ceremonial laws of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, you could not eat those animals. You might as well forget about it. Nobody in South Louisiana would stand a chance of being saved. But then there was the third class of laws, and that was moral laws. Leviticus 18 and 22 is a moral law. Thou shalt not lay with mankind as thou liest with womankind, for all that do so are an abomination unto God. That was a moral law that never changes. Truth does not evolve. Marriage has always been and will always be between one man and one woman. Homosexuality, bestiality are all forbidden relationships that are moral. This type of law that is 100% church government. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, the Bible tells you, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the King of Kings. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9 and 7, and of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And I hear the Lord telling me tonight, Church, if you want more of what I've got, then I want more of what you've got. I believe God's talking to the United States of America. You've murdered 60 million babies in Planned Parenthood clinics. You've solemnized same-sex marriage. You've legalized marijuana. And you're killing people. But God help America to get back to the moral law of the Word of God that said thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not bear false witness for all that do so church governments. Now I can see why that some people, because there are there are about 600 biblical versions of your Bible. There are no original manuscripts of the Bible because the original manuscripts were either written on animal skin or papyrus. And they had men whose jobs was to copy the law of the original manuscripts. They were called scribes. Ezra was a scribe. What he would do is he would begin writing at the top right-hand corner of the page and come down to the bottom left-hand corner. And in Hebrew, he would have an exact replica, an exact copy, verbatim, every space, every jot, and every tittle from the original manuscript. And when he had an original manuscript, again, exactly replicated, he would either burn or bury the original so that you couldn't come along and find a tattered page and a word that was smudged and not know what it meant. One of the greatest discoveries of the 20th century was in the 1950s, what was recalled the Dead Sea Scrolls. A little shepherd boy, sheep had gone astray from the city of Jerusalem. And having wandered down into a cave next to the Dead Sea, he heard that sheep bleeding. And he threw a rock in there to skew him out. And he heard clay pots break and went in and found what was the book of Isaiah in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Having fear to interpret them lest it would bring discrepancy to the King James Version. They waited many years, but there was only three discrepancies which were not. It was a misspelling of a city name. It was an exact replica of what you hold in your hands in the King James Version that is 409 years old. It's not a perfect, it's not a perfect version, but it's the best and the next thing to perfect because it is written, it is written, it is written. But there are other versions. And if you're not careful, when you read a version other than the KJV, the first criteria for another version is it has to have at least 8,000 scriptural differences so that you don't infringe upon copyright laws. Some dare even to double. There are in the NIV, the, the 
the New International Version, and the RSV, the Revised Standard Version, some 17,123 scriptural differences. If you're reading out of an NIV out there, in our audience somewhere in the future, if you're going to read Mark 9 and 44, you're not going to find it in your Bible. It goes from 43 to 45. If you're going to read Matthew 17 and 21, you're not going to find it in that Bible. It'll go from verse 20 to 22, because in Entire scriptural as references have been deleted from those manuscripts. And someone told me just today, Romans 13, 1 and 2 from a bad version. Obey the government, for God is the one that hath put it there. There is no government anywhere that God has not placed in power. That is a lie. So those who refuse to obey the law of the land are refusing to obey God and punishment will follow. That is a misinterpretation of scripture. That is a travesty. Any man that adds to the word, he will, God will add to you the plagues of this book. Whosoever taketh from the word, God will take his name out of the book of life. These laws in Romans 13 are not dealing with a government from, from the land, but with a government from God. And if you read that scripture, and you listen to me, then you have to believe that Adolf Hitler was ordained of God to murder 50 million people. But that he was not ordained of God. He was a satanic, demonized, heathen from hell. You, if you believe that that Romans 13, 1 and 2 deals with what I'm doing and breaking some governor's dictatorial law and some falsehood against me going to church and practicing my first amendment rights, then you have to agree that Joseph Stalin, who was one of the greatest murderers in the history of the world, was ordained, but Joseph Stalin was not ordained of God. Neither was Paul Pot, neither was Ho Chi Minh, neither was Mao Sum, neither was any other of these dictators, neither was Pharaoh. Pharaoh was not ordained and put in power by God. Although God used him, he was not put in power by God because he said to murder all the baby boys that are born from the Hebrew women. But Amram and Jacobin said, we're not going to obey your law, king. We're not going to listen to you, king. You're a fool. We're not going to murder our baby. There would not be a Moses who said two and a half million slaves free if they would have obeyed the law of the land. There would not be 65 people baptized in Jesus' name in the past 49 days if we had obeyed the laws of the land. But I've got a law that supersedes this law, and that is the law of God. Listen to the church. Romans 1 and 7. Paul wrote to the church and said to all that be in Rome, Beloved of God, called to be saints. In the first seven verses, Paul, in no uncertain terms, makes it clear that this epistle is written to the church who is in Rome. And the pastor of the church got up and read it to the saints in the church in Romans 1 and 4. And declared to be the Son of God with power. The ultimate power is Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I can't help but yield to this temptation of the oneness of the Godhead right now. In, in Genesis, the 17th chapter in the first verse, the Father said, I am the Almighty God. In Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus said, I am the Almighty God. In Revelation 1, 8 and 18, the Holy Ghost said, I am the Almighty God. Well, what is it? Is the Father got all the might? Or has the Son got all the might? Or has the Holy Ghost got all the might? Jesus did not say, I've got a third of the power. He didn't say, I'm a Jehovah Junior or some dummy on the throne somewhere. But he said, I and the Father and the Holy Ghost are all one. We are one. We're not two. We are one. He's the Father in creation, the Son in redemption. Deuteronomy 25 and 13. One of those nine biblical abominations. What's the difference in a sin and an abomination? Homosexuality is not a sin. It is an abomination. Adultery is a sin. 
What is so abominable about it? It is unnatural. It is not human. It is inhumane. It is beast-like. Even nature itself says it should not happen. Amen. But this, this abomination law said, Thou shalt not have in thy bag divers weights. You can't have one weight for this and one weight for that. But thou shalt have a just and a fair balance. If you look at a pawn shop sign, it's got a scale on there. And this, what they're trying to tell you is it's fair and balance. When I've been in lawyers' offices and courtrooms in the past few weeks, each of them have Lady Justice. She's got a scale in her hand and it's perfectly level. And she's got a blindfold on because she doesn't see anything but the truth. She don't judge you on the color of your skin, level of education. Or because of your religion, Lady Justice is blind and just. But something happened over here. In John the 8th chapter, verses 1 through 12, Jesus said, you're bringing to me some divers' weights and some unjust balances. You brought to me a woman caught in the act of adultery, but you left the man in the bed. He said you could have killed them both and been lawfully expedient. But since you brought the woman and not the man, let he that is without sin Except God put him there. And he doesn't bear. 
Jeremiah card. In the book of Judges, Joshua, he's the captain of the Lord's host. In Judges, he's the judge of all the earth to the spirits of just men made perfect. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In Ezra, he is the foundation builder. In Nehemiah, he is the wall builder. In 1st and 2nd Samuel, he's the great prophet seer. In the book of 1st and 2nd Kings, he's the king of all kings. There is no king on this earth that has more power than God. I want to take it, Joseph Stalin, Osama bin Laden, Paul Pot and Mao Sung. Every knee shall bow to King Jesus. Every tongue shall confess to King Jesus. For the sake of historicity, so this will never have to be 
made president of a gang so that my sons and grandsons, when they're attacked by some foolish government who does not either A, understand the Constitution, or B, oversteps his constitutional right, or three, doesn't know that the Word of God was here before the Constitution. There was a Bible before of the United States Constitution, but the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States says, Congress shall make no law prohibiting religious people from going to church. You can cast anything you want, Governor. You can say whatever you want, Mayor. But we are a people that are going to go to church. And we're never going to stop going to church. I'm never going to quit going to church. Because I'm obeying God's law. I've got to obey God's law. Acts 5, 20, 21 records a time when the angel of the Lord directed Peter and John go stand and preach in the temple to the people. Go stand and preach in the temple to the people. This is an inalienable right that I have tonight. Brother McCormick back there who's a state representative who's trying to get our civil liberties back. He's trying to open up this good state. We prayed that they would do it. Don't know whether we can or not. Either way, God's going to have his way. Let me tell you, Brother McCormick, what the Bible said, that, that we ought to obey God rather than men. Brother preacher, brother governor, brother socialist, brother, brother communist, whoever you are, you might come in here and try to turn uh, this, uh, this free land, uh, this uh, republic, uh, one nation under God, and to the republic for which it stands. You might try to turn us into a Russia or a China, but I've got news for you. The United States of America is a Christian nation that's built on the word of God, and you can't have our freedom, you can't have our liberty, you can't have our liberty, you can't have our freedom. Amen. Thomas Jefferson, one of our framers, wrote to the Danbury Baptist Association that the First Amendment builds a wall of separation between church and state. Although the courts have deviated from Jefferson's original understanding of this phrase, Jefferson recognized that there was jurisdictional separation between the church and the state. It is our First Amendment jurisprudence, Supreme Court jurisprudence, although deviating from the Constitution's original intent, has continued to recognize that there are matters that belong exclusively to the church. The Employment Division versus Smith in 1990 held that the right to free exercise does not relieve an individual of the obligation to comply with a valid and neutral law, but it wound up saying that the exercise of religion trumps any law of the land. Exercise of religion trumps any, any boss's orders. They might tell you you can't read your Bible, but as long as they use one profane cuss word and vulgarity on your job, open up your Bible and read aloud. They might tell you you can't pray on your job, but as long as they're cussing and profane and telling for better off-color jokes, open up your because this is still America. We're still a free nation. Amen. In Galatians 1 and 6, I marvel that you be so soon removed from him that called you unto the gospel of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. There's only one gospel. A God, Jude 4, and we earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to us. That's why Jesus could have the audacity to say, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. I'm not a way. That doesn't signify that you can get to heaven through 
Buddha, through Allah, or through anybody else. But if you're going to get to heaven, Jesus is the way, not a way. If you want to know the truth, Jesus is the truth, not a truth. If you want life, Jesus is the life. He said, which is not another. But though we are an angel from heaven, or though we are a politician, or though we are some silver tongue, uh, elected official, uh, would try to tell you you don't have the right to go to church. And the Bible said, let them be accursed. Let them be accursed. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, let God be true. And every man a liar. And I'll tell you what the Bible said. Let them be accursed. You know what that says in the amplified version? If an angel came in here, or if I ever come in here and tell you something other than what I'm preaching from that Bible tonight, the Bible said you tell that preacher to go to hell where he came from. Because he does not have the right. He does not have the jurisdiction. He does not have the authority to change that word. And that word said that I will thank thee in the great congregation. I will praise thee among the multitude of people. I will bless the Lord at all times and together magnify him. Amen, Daniel. You better obey that law, Daniel. Come on now. Romans 13 was used by the anti-abolitionists to keep slaves in the South enslaved. Come on now. Romans 13 was, was used by the loyalists to King George in England to say that we can't rise up against King George. And it was used by the colonial constitutional army to say we must disobey our King George's authoritarian rule. Romans 13. Let me tell you what the Bible said. It said, Daniel, you better quit praying. It's the law of the land. You can't pray to anybody else for 30 days. You better stop praying, Daniel. But you know what Daniel did? He didn't get behind his computer on the live stream. And then he get in his car and roll up the windows and toot his horn and flash his lights and swish his wipers. Daniel did not go outdoors to appease the governor's orders. But Daniel went to the same window and he opened it. He went back to the same pew. He went back to the same church. Some of you think I'm not preaching out of the Bible tonight. But you might be convinced before I'm over with. Because the devil knows I'm telling the truth. The devil knows I'm preaching the truth. And he prayed like he did a four time. He said, I'm going to keep on praying. It don't matter if you kill me. It don't matter if you jail me. It don't matter if you sue me. All men are created equal and are endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, except there be a pandemic. Come on now. Except you have a socialist government. Except you have a communist regime in China where my missionaries are preaching right now. They're struggling financially. They need 70,000 yen every week. That's $10,000. And they're not getting it right now. Because America's church doors are closed. And I'm, I'm bestowing all of my earthly goods. And every dime, every, every thin dime that I've got. Keeping missionaries afloat. And you say, poor him. He's going broke. Let me just tell you. The more I give... I'm a, I'm a river. I'm a sum total of the tributaries that flow into me. The Mississippi River don't flow any deeper, wider, cleaner, and muddier than the tributaries that come into its banks. If you shut off the tributaries, the Mississippi runs dry overnight. The reason that I'm blessed is because it's more blessed to give than to receive. And the more I give, the more I receive. And the more you give, the more you're blessed. I don't know how some of you are giving so much. You just keep on giving, giving, giving. You know why? Because God wants to bless you. And the more you give, the more God blesses. 
seated. I'm preaching often. I'm preaching out of the metro tonight. Isn't that a beautiful picture of Mayor Sharon Westenbrook? Great lady. Isn't that a great picture of your pastor holding that sword in the, in the sky? Somebody saw that picture with all those men surrounding me. And they said, who's that? Who's that big black guy in front of him? Is that his bodyguard? I said, yeah, that's my bodyguard. You better watch out. He's meaner than the junkyard dog. Tougher than a garlic milkshake. Make a freight train take a dirt road. Good picture. Esther, they're going to kill the Jews. Go ahead and be quiet. You'll live, but everybody else is going to die. So I tell you what, everybody fast and pray. Put on sackcloth and ashes. I'm going into the king, which is not according to the law. Esther 4 and 16. And if I perish, I perish. But I got to go in. It don't matter what the law says. I got to go in. The king might kill me, but I got to go in. Esther, you can't break the law. It's the law of the land. You can't go in there, Esther. They're going to kill you. What you going to do, Esther? She said, I'm going in. If I perish, I perish. What you going to do, Pastor? I've been arrested 23 times already this night. I'm trying to keep up with Dr. Martin Luther King, who was arrested 29 times. And if they, A, don't kill me or lock me up for good, I'm going to break his record. Because it don't matter if I perish, I perish. But I got to keep preaching. I got to keep preaching. I got to keep preaching. Listen to me, Baton Rouge Police Department. I gotta keep preaching. I gotta keep preaching. Put the handcuffs on me, but I gotta keep preaching. Come on. St. Thomas Aquinas said, to one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. Yeah. If you don't get what I'm preaching tonight, no explanation is possible for Romans 13, 1 and 2 being church governance. But if you have faith, no explanation is necessary. This is not for you. This is in defense of the unborn. You already know you're not breaking any laws. Number one, no laws can be made against what I'm doing. Number two, strong suggestions cannot be made. And I don't follow strong suggestions. I follow God's law. For God's law is perfect. God's law is just. God's law is without fear, without favor, without Prophets and priests are in a different category than kings and princes. Kings and princes do what they do. Prophets and priests do what they do. Nathan the prophet walked into David the king and said, you scoundrel, you had a hundred lambs and took a man that had one and killed him. David said, whoever did it's gonna die. He said, you're the man. I'm not afraid to tell you you're the man you're going to be judged. God's going to kill that baby. And the king had to come under the authority of the prophets. Kings and priests do what they do. Proverbs 8, 15 through 17. Kings and priests. Isaiah 33, 20. For God is my judge. God is my lawgiver. God is my king. The United States of America's three branches of government, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial come from Isaiah the 33rd chapter. All powers are ordained of God there. But in this house, in Romans 13, 1 through 4, for the minister of God has the word of God for which to govern the church. And when the king said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you better bow your knees. Those three stiff-legged boys on a weak-kneed plane said, I am not careful to answer. 
answer you in this matter. I'm not going to repent anymore. I'm sick of repenting for going outside and asking you to bring a tube of toothpaste and turn us into a Walmart. I'm sick to death of repenting. This is God's church. We are God's people. Let's have church. Let Jesus rule the church. Let the priest, let them that rule well be worthy. Is it lawful authority? Galatians 6.1 Or Ephesians rather 6.1 Children obey their parents in the Lord Because we have 600 and something children Whose parents don't go to church And they have the audacity to say We're grandstanding and money hungry And power grabbers Those children have no money We pay to have church we spend $1,500 a week on bus fuel, spend thousands of dollars a week on food, spend millions of dollars in buses, and we can't get a fair shake from an unjust government. Come on. Come on. But your day is coming. Your hour is coming. What do we do? We love you anyway. We say, lay not this sin to their charge. Forgive them, because we're going to rise again, and we will be vindicated that we were right. We were never wrong. Children obey your parents in the Lord. Meaning, if your dad, little lady, saying he has to molest you, or you have to buy drugs for him, or you have to peddle dope for him, obey your parents in the Lord. It is not disobedient of a child to a parent when they ask you to do something that would be detrimental to your salvation. Is it lawful authority? No, you, I'm your... I'm your dad. You've got to obey me. Go in there and rob that bank. Is it lawful authority? I am your governor. I am your sheriff. I am your, I am your mayor. I command you, close your doors. Is it lawful authority? I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, brother politician. I'm sorry, brother preacher. But you and your jurisdiction stop out there at the threshold of that church door. But when you walk in here, this is God's government. And if this is our body and our choice, and if we were all in, well, it's 49 days. How many people have died in this church of the virus? It's 49 days. How many people are sick unto death in this church? You know how many? Not a one. Some of you have gotten sick, but you're back in church tonight healthy. The devil's a liar. This has been politically motivated from day one. The devil's trying to shut the doors of the church from day one. The devil upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. For let the church be the church. Let the people rejoice. Let the church be the church. Let the anthems ring out. It's going to get hot for you boys. You better bow. I'm going to give you one more chance. Heated up seven times hotter. The men that threw them in were scorched. That's where Chris the Critters came from. And the three Hebrew boys went in and had a marshmallow roast. And when they got in there, look who's here. Jesus, the Son of God, is in there. And said, I've been waiting on you boys. Where y'all been? Well, it took that gutless king a little while to throw us in here. He gave us a second chance. If you put me in prison, God's with me in prison. If you take my life to live as Christ, to die as gain. If you let me preach, God's with me in the church. But let God arise. You see. Most of y'all have laid off anyway. Y'all not essential. You ain't got nowhere to go. Out of the preacher man. If you're on your way to hell, don't get in a hurry. If you're on your way to heaven, that's eternity. Second Thessalonians 2. Remember when I was with you, I told you these things. 
that the very elect will be deceived. The mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now letteth will let until it be taken out of the way. The sin of lawlessness is working in America right now. The antichrist spirit is trying to take over. That's why we got confusion in 50 governors with 50 different copycat opinions. And the White House is saying this. And the Congress is saying that. And the, and the House of Representatives is saying this. And judges are saying that. And there's mayhem. And there's chaos. And lifelong friends have stabbed you in the back and turned their backs on you. And marriages are on the rocks. And people are losing their sanity, their collective minds. The mystery of iniquity, the sin of lawlessness is working in America. And here's going to come the Antichrist. He's going to have all the answers. He won't be a tough guy. He will speak. He will look like a lamb, but he'll speak like a dragon with authority. And all deceivableness, all religious people are going to be deceived by him. All political powers are going to be deceived by him. All military powers are going to be deceived by him. Only he, the one of the few times in the Bible where the church is referred to in the male gender, who now hinders the Antichrist. We're not going to shut our doors. It don't matter what you say. We are hindering him from taking over America. He wants to do it bad, but y'all won't let him. I wish y'all stay home and let him, but you just got too much guts. You got too much backbone. You got too much Bible in you. From all powers are ordained of God. And the power from the pulpit is in the pew. And the pew said we cannot stop. Defiant Pastor Spell defies gravity. some money in your church the second I did the day after my business five times overnight he said I put some more money in your business in your church he said I drove over three kids we came down he's going back home I called him and said what kind of business are you in he said I'm in the vacuum cleaner bag business vacuum cleaner bag COVID-19 how did you get so wealthy overnight he said it's simple I sell my vacuum cleaners for mask material, and people are buying everything I got, and I'm getting filthy rich off of them. Can I tell you that what the devil means for bad, God means for good. If you'll put your money in the church, God will bless you. God will bless you. God will bless you. You can't beat God giving no matter how. All deceitfulness of unrighteousness and them that perish. Great life. I can fix your $17 trillion debt. I can fix your virus. I got a vaccine. I can fix your China, China awning you. And everybody's going to flock to the anti God. The Jews are going to flock to the anti Christ. They missed the real Christ for 2,000 years. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made him a woman, made him the law to redeem them that were under the law. For the law, yeah. no man can live by. But God's law, which was written in our heart, which is the law of love. I go to church not because I have to, but because I get to. I go to church not because it's essential, but because I want to. Romans 13, 1 and 2 that Robert E. Lee was justified in keeping slaves because that was the law of the land. You have misinterpreted scripture. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Robert E. Lee, the commanding general of the Southern Confederate Army, freed his slaves before the war began. He was a moral, godly man. John Newton, an ex-African slave trader, who wrote, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe as far as grace will lead me home. He wound up saying, but for love and grace divine, a fall so dreadful had been mine. All powers are ordained of God in the church, not in our society. Kim Jong-un in North Korea is not ordained of God. He is a murderous cutthroat who still has his government because Douglas MacArthur was unable to go past the 38th parallel between South and North Korea where my grandfather spent 37 months in a prisoner of war camp. Had they kept on going, there would be no Kim Jong-un or North Korea. That war is not over. No. There's still soldiers at the 38th parallel and at any moment nuclear war can break out. Yes, Kim, he is not ordained of God. No. So all laws of the land are not ordained by God. And if you're going to use Romans 13 to say, I can't go to church and preach right now, then brother preacher, you better marry same-sex couples. Because that's the law of the land. Brother preacher, you better murder babies because Roe v. Wade says it's the law of the land. You can kill them. Don't you back up on me now, preacher. Don't you back up on me now. I'm preaching to you. That is church governance. God, you know what I preach tonight. To the best of my ability, with the right spirit. Not to anger, infuriate, or fan flames of hatred and venomous animosity toward our church. But hopefully, God, someone will listen to this after prayer. And they will be changed tonight because of my preaching. Hopefully, my grandsons will listen to this message in 30 or 40 years when a new government comes up. And instead of a 99.9% .9 survival rate, it may be a 50-50 rate, and they'll say you can't go to church. You can't open your mouth. But they're gonna watch this message tonight. And they're gonna keep on going. And they're gonna keep on going. And they're gonna keep on going. Because all powers are ordained of God. And you have power. Brother McCormick, I don't fear my government. My government fears me. Not because I'm a revolutionary, but because my power is ordained of God. Those Montgomery mayors, governors, politicians, and law enforcement was afraid of a little five foot seven black woman by the name of Rosa Parks. If we don't move her, she's going to turn our nation upside down. You better believe she is. Everybody else moved, not because it was the right thing to do, because they didn't want to get arrested. Everybody else shut their doors, not because it was the right thing to do, but they didn't want to get arrested. And this thing hadn't stopped vibrating since I've been in this house. But it's worth having my passport revoked never being able to purchase a firearm, never being able to cross the borders of America again as a felon to come in here and preach tonight under the authority of God. Jesus, help our church, help our nation, help America. Didn't you weep outside of the city of Jerusalem, Israel? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you wept like a baby because they wouldn't listen. I'm weeping for America right now. If you would have known, 
even now, in this thy day, what belonged to you, America, you would have listened to Jesus, but you wouldn't listen. Come on, America, wake up. Come on, church, wake up. I don't know, but I feel a weeping spirit right now. Why don't we water the soil of America and make it fertile again with our tears tonight? Heal our broken marriages. 